Hello, hello, you're listening to the Career Changemaker podcast. Having the courage to leave a career that you have worked hard to build and try something else can be tough. So in each episode, we dive into key career change strategies so that you have a clear understanding of what is required to transition into a new role or a new industry without feeling like you have to start at the bottom or have to take a massive pay cut because hashtag ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) If you are ready for frank and honest discussions about how to become a career change maker, keep listening. I'm your host, lawyer turned career strategist and executive coach, Janine Esbrand. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I am looking forward to this episode. I want to talk about a topic that I think is important that isn't spoken about enough, and that is self-leadership. If you are somebody who's ambitious, if you are somebody who does not just want to stay coasting in a role that you've been in for years and you have your sight on a more senior position, whether that be in your current industry, your current organization or elsewhere, then lean in, grab yourself a nice drink, get your notepad out (laughs) because you may want to take notes on this one. So I will be three years into full-time entrepreneurship at the end of March. And I've just been reflecting on who I am right now and how I show up and how I operate versus who I was when I first started. And what is very, very clear to me is that you cannot be an effective leader of other people before you master being an effective leader of yourself. When you are working a regular job, when you don't have leadership responsibilities, when you are somebody who is showing up, you're an individual contributor, you are doing your work and you're doing it well, you are essentially following someone else's leadership, right? So you are following the blueprint, you've learned what it is that you have to do and you execute on that if you have challenges, if you have queries, there is someone that you can go to and ask. There is someone else who's doing the strategic thinking. There is someone else who is mapping out the plan. And that person is giving you the information so that you're then able to take what they tell you and run with it, which is great. It's fantastic. So a lot of the times when you're showing up and you're getting good feedback, when you're getting a fantastic appraisal, you are doing the thing, right? You are exercising your skill set, you are developing, you are growing, you are making impact, which is fantastic. However, when you decide to then step up into a more senior position, what often happens is people don't feel equipped to operate at a higher level because they haven't developed the skill set that is required in order to lead effectively. And the reason why they haven't developed that skill set is that it hasn't been required. It hasn't been required. Someone else has been doing what they need to do so that you're able to do what you need to do and everyone's just doing what they do, right? But what I recognize now that I didn't really know then, right? What I recognize now that I didn't really know when I first got into this role as a leader, a leader of my own company, is that you have to really understand who you are as a person and how you show up, what your goals are and what your weaknesses are in order for you to show up effectively. So I remember when I first started bringing on team members into my company. So I only have a small team of contractors that support me in the execution of marketing tasks and day-to-day operations. And I remember planning out a launch of my signature 
group coaching program, the career change maker program. And I had planned it all out. I'd mapped it all out. I decided what the focus was going to be. I decided where we were going to be showing up, how we were going to be promoting the program. And I'd shared that information with my assistant. And we had mapped out a whole plan based on what I had told her in terms of what she needed to do and how she needs to go about things. So she went, did what she does best because she is amazing at executing, amazing at getting the job done. Meanwhile, I had second thoughts. So while she's over there executing, I was having second thoughts about the strategy that I was deciding to implement. And I was going back and forth as to whether or not I actually wanted to execute the strategy I had decided or whether I should change it. And with me going back and forth, I was updating her along the way. So I was like, oh, hold on, pause, Charlotte. Maybe we don't do that yet. Just wait. I'm just trying to decide. And then I decide. And then I change my mind. And then I go back to her and be like, actually, I said we're doing this, but now we're doing that. It was a mess. It was a hot mess. Express. Because she was spending time and energy doing what I asked her to do. And then she was spending time and energy reversing what I asked her to do. And then when I changed my mind again, she had to go and redo things. So one, I was wasting her time. Two, I was wasting my money because I'm paying her to do something. And then I'm asking her to redo it and change it all because I had not fully decided what I wanted to do. And the reason why I hadn't decided what I wanted to do is because I hadn't yet developed self-trust. I was second guessing myself and I wasn't able to decide based on the right types of metrics, decide based on the right types of data so that I can be sure in my decision making. And now I recognize that the role of a leader is to be clear on your vision and then decide on your strategy and be willing to allow the strategy to play out, right? Because if you're chopping and changing your mind and you're telling people to do things and telling people to do other things and you're micromanaging people, you're not actually able to see whether or not the strategy that you're implementing to achieve a particular goal works. The flip-flopping and the changing doesn't allow you to see what works. What does allow you to see what works is for you to have trust in what you've decided to do and allow things to play out. So I think that when you are preparing yourself for the next stage in your career, whether that is you saying, you know what, I'm not trying to go to a more elevated level. I'm not trying to go into a senior management position now, but I am trying to move. It's still always a good idea to start cultivating your self-leadership abilities. And so I'm going to break down a few areas where you should be focusing, right? So my top tips for developing self-leadership in hope that you can take some of these, you can work with them and you can look for opportunities to really grow in your self-leadership so that when time comes for you to be leading other people, you're ready and you're mindful and you're aware. Or if you're already leading people, you can be more intentional about the way that you're doing that. Okay. So the first thing is self-awareness. It's so key. So many of us are used to being told what to do and how to do it, that we learn what to do and how to do it based on somebody else's preferences. So I remember when I first started as a lawyer, I was working as a junior lawyer within a national law firm, and I just 
had no idea what it meant to show up as a lawyer. So my default was to go into this firm, to look around, to pay attention to what other lawyers were doing, and then emulate what it was that they were doing. Show up how they were showing up, do the things that they were doing, say the things that they were saying, dress the way that they were dressing. And that works for a time, but there's only so long that you can be showing up and not really bringing your whole self to work before you start to feel a bit, how can I say, disempowered and frustrated and as if you are a round peg in a square hole. And it wasn't until I started really paying attention to what is the result that I'm trying to get here and what is the best way for me to deliver that result. It might look one way for one person and it can look another way for another person. It doesn't mean that one person is wrong. There's many ways to skin a cat, as they say. And so if you are clear on what the outcomes and the objectives are, then you're able to decide, okay, what is the best way for me to approach this? So I am very much a people person. I love connecting with people. I love talking with people. I love learning from other people. Um, And so as a lawyer, as a corporate lawyer, that ability to build rapport quickly, connect with people, learn from people was helpful to me. But initially I was looking at the way that other people were operating. So if you're doing a corporate transaction, one of the biggest things that you have to do when you are assessing whether or not you're going to buy a company is due diligence. So we would, if we were on the buy side of a transaction, we would support our clients in doing due diligence, which means we would need to get different lawyers from different areas to look at the company that was being purchased and then create a report to say whether or not they recommend things are changed, whether we would recommend to buy this company or not buy this company. And so what is required as the corporate lawyer who is managing the transaction is that you are able to bring in the expertise from all of the specific subject matter experts. So people in real estate, people in employment, people in commercial, like different departments. So what I noticed is that people who were running a transaction, the corporate lawyers who were running a transaction would send out an email to all of the lawyers who were also working on the transaction in other departments and then wait for them to send back their due diligence report. Oftentimes those lawyers had other things to do. Like they had their day job, they had their day-to-day stuff, their day-to-day clients, and this transaction was not high on their list of priorities. So the lawyers that I witnessed or I observed would be chasing and they would put reminders in their diaries to chase people and to send another email to chase them up to make sure that they were working on the thing that they're supposed to work on and get it in by the deadline. And I thought to myself, I don't understand why people are just sending emails. Like, why don't we just go and talk to the people? They are either down the hall in an office, they are downstairs in another office. Like, let's just go have a conversation. And so that's how I approach things. I made friends, connections with people within different departments outside of work. So when it was time for me to get a report done and get it over the line, I would just pick up the phone or I would go down to their office and say, hey, this is the deadline. Can you do this for me? When can you get it done by? And my reports would always be turned around really quickly because I leveraged my ability to connect with people so that I could get the job done. When I was first starting out, I was more focused on doing things the way that other people did it. And then when I started to really pay attention to how do I work best? What what are my strengths? How can I leverage those? That's when things changed for me and it became more enjoyable. So my encouragement to you is be aware of who you are, 
how you show up, what your preferences are, what your strengths are. This is a big reason why inside of my coaching program, we spend the time with our clients to help them to really understand themselves. Too many people are just walking around as cookie cutter versions of their line manager or their boss, but not fully embracing who they are, what they can bring to the table. So we spend the time with clients to help them to see what's your preference? What is your preference? How do you typically like to show up? What can you bring to the table? When you have that level of self-awareness, then you're able to say, okay, when I'm approaching this task or when I'm leading a team or I'm leading someone else, how is it going to work best for me? Because then you're able to communicate those preferences with other people. I am very much a big picture strategy connect the dots type of person. Like if you give me a scenario and you're telling me what you're trying to achieve within seconds, I'll be like, do this, do this, do this. This connects with this. You told me this the other day. I remember you said this and this goes with this. And let's do that. Here's your strategy. Boom, let's go. And often people are like, I understand how you got that. Like from what I said, how did you get all that? That's just how my brain works. It's like quick connecting the dots, doing the strategy thing. When it comes to being in the weeds of things and the detail and following through on tasks that aren't that interesting to me, that's not my bag. So now that I know that, I'm able to build a team where my strengths are complemented by other people. My weaknesses are complemented by other people in the team. So I know that if I need to do a project and we're at the last stages and we're just going to get it over the line and there's just lots of tedious bits that I don't really want to do and I'll procrastinate around, I will bring in my assistant, Charlotte, and be like, Charlotte, here's what we're trying to get done. Can you get this done? She's a finisher. She will get it done. So your level of self-awareness allows you to understand yourself and ask for what you need in terms of support. It also allows you to identify the types of people that you need in your team so that collectively you can move forward with confidence and with impact. Okay, so self-awareness is the the first thing. The next is discipline. Discipline is one of those things where you do the things that you have to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. So there, there are some things that I can delegate to other team members that I don't necessarily like doing, but there are some things that only I can do that I have to do. And developing discipline has been big for me. Right. So I've had to figure out systems, processes, things that I can put in place that support me in being disciplined and showing up and doing the things that you don't feel like doing when you don't. Like when you don't have anybody doing the things that you don't feel like doing when you don't have anybody. Asking you. To get it done when you're leading, when you're the person in charge, you don't have a boss to answer to, or you don't have someone else that's going to be breathing down your neck. You may have a client, but you don't necessarily have somebody who's asking you to give them updates or asking you to write a report on where you are. And so you have to be disciplined and know that, okay, this is what I've said I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to deliver. As you climb the ranks in, in leadership within your organization, it's important for you to recognize that you have to be self-disciplined. If someone else is not going to ask you how you're getting on, the deadline is just going to come. And so you figuring out what are the ways that I can develop self-discipline over time so that I'm ready 
when I really need to exercise self-discipline. The other thing is self-compassion. And I think this is a big one because when we set goals, when we're ambitious, when we want to get somewhere, when we want to do something, it's so easy to beat ourselves up if we're not getting there as quickly as we want to, or it's not happening in the way that you expected it to happen. And you can be like, oh, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or I failed here. But listen, you are out here trying, okay? You're out here trying. There are people who will sit and will dream and will say, one day I would love to manage a team. One day I would love to change jobs. One day I'd love to write a book. One day I'd love to start a business. One day, and that one day stays as a one day dream. Like it's something they they aspire to, but they're not willing to take action around, right? So if you're out here doing, if you're out here taking steps, if you're out here moving forward, acknowledge that celebrate that. Don't beat yourself up about the things that aren't always happening because you're moving. And if you're moving and you consistently move, you will achieve at some point. So developing self-compassion. So there's a balance between being disciplined and saying to yourself, this is what I need to do. But sometimes when you fall off the wagon, just have your time, have your day, have your week where you're a bit off, but get back up and keep going. And then the last thing that I would say is resilience. And that kind of flows from the self-compassion piece, like be resilient and recognize that things are not always going to go your way. Things are not always going to go to plan. Sometimes there's curveballs. Sometimes there's issues. Sometimes there like unexpected things are going to happen. And so the resiliency is really your ability to bounce back, your ability to say, okay, all right, let me assess. This has happened. What are we going to do about it? And oftentimes when you think about people that get promoted into leadership, it's not always the person who's the most technically savvy or technically sound at the job at hand. It's the person that's able to demonstrate these skills, the person that's able to demonstrate resiliency, the person that's able to demonstrate that they can lead themselves effectively, the person that's able to demonstrate that they can take the rough with the smooth and give themselves some self-compassion, but also be disciplined enough to keep moving forward. So these skills are the things that people recognize, but they can't always put their finger on. Right. So when when a hiring manager or when the CEO or the C-suite is considering who are the people that we are going to bring up within our organization, who are the people that we see as our successors within this organization, they are noticing these things, but they're not necessarily saying that they notice these things. And they might not even consciously be, be saying, oh, we need someone who's got self-leadership capabilities, but they know what it is when they see it. And what they see is somebody who knows what it takes to lead and is actively taking the steps towards improving in that area. So it isn't just about doing the right things in your role right now, but it's also about developing the strategic mindset to know that, okay, if I'm trying to get here in the next three years, in the next five years, I need to emulate what some of these people are doing, not in terms of how they show up, but but in terms of the type of impact that they're making because of the things that they do. I think that's where people get twisted right you're like okay in order to be a leader or in order to develop I need to be like that person it's not about being like the person as in you need to copy everything they do and and the way that they do it but it's about understanding the way that the person is thinking and why they're thinking what they're thinking based on the circumstance so that you can then start exercising that way of thought processing that way of decision making 
So it's not about what do I need to do, but it's more about who do I need to be. And you may have heard people talk about the difference between the doing and the being, but the being is really about where is your mindset at? How are you thinking things through? What questions are you asking yourself? How are you managing your mindset when things get challenging? Rather than what did you do today? Because I can spend the morning working on strategy i.e. in my head thinking about what it is we're going to do, how it is we're going to achieve things. And that morning that I spend on strategy is far more impactful than me spending that same time doing something and completing a task. So understanding the value that comes with strategic thinking as you get higher up within an organization is what's going to put you in good stead to be an effective leader. So that's what I really wanted to share with you. Self-leadership is a journey, um, but it really does support you in becoming an effective leader of other people when you're able to fully lead yourself. So that's all I have for you today. I encourage you to come over and join us in the Prepare to Pivot email series for more of these types of nuggets that I'll be sharing and thoughts that I'll be sharing in email format. So if you are ready to pivot, whether you're ready to move out into a new industry, a new role, a new company, or you're ready to move up and elevate yourself to the next level in your career, this email series is going to be super, super helpful for you. So go to careerchangemakers.com forward slash prepare to pivot, get yourself on the list, and then you'll start receiving my exclusive emails. So I hope to see you over there. But until next time, keep moving towards your career goals. Bye. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any future episodes. Also, I would love to know what your biggest takeaway has been from today's episode. Come over and join us in our Career Changemakers community over on LinkedIn so that you can join the conversation there. Head over to lightbotscoaching.com forward slash community and it will take you right to the group.